The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, November 17th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hits ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my fantastic co-host. First up, she crashed the coronation because all she wanted was her helm back. It's Katie Cat. Yeah, you know, that's right. Hey guys, I am excited to talk about the episode with y'all. Next up, she wouldn't mind being transformed once again into a bear. It's Ashley Michelle. Oh, I get to be a bear. Hey guys, I... So ready to talk about this episode with you. I hope you guys are having a good night. And last but not least, we have a very special guest filling in with the help of magic. She was reintroduced to her human form after being stuck in her wolfy ways. It is Priscilla. Hey guys. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> That was adorable. So unfortunately, Ava Stark and Pimenta are not here with us this week. Uh, They both uh, were uh, transformed into wolves and are guarding a witch's lair. So hopefully with the help of Priscilla, uh, after the show uh, tonight, we'll find find a spell or something that can bring them back. Maybe a potion or something. Right, Katie? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So let's jump into our recap of episode 509, which was titled The Bear King, and it aired on November 15th, 2015. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Zelina and Arthur journey to Dunbrock on a mission to retrieve an enchanted relic that will provide the advantage they need to vanquish Emma and our heroes. Their path will cross with Merida's, who is on a journey of her own to pay a debt that her father, King Fergus, owed the witch when he died. Merida enlists the help of two friends, Mulan and Ruby, but in order to satisfy the witch and save Dunbrock, she must discover the identity of the knight who killed her father. In flashbacks, Merida learns about bravery and honor as she trains for combat and rides along Fergus into the infamous battle that claims his life. So let's get everyone's initial reaction to the episode. We'll start off with our very special guest, Priscilla. I loved it. Oh my god, this was an amazing episode. Putting in together Merida and Mulan and Ruby, sign me up. I loved it. Great episode. 
Ash, what did you think? Uh, I... I know that they could not put the episode aired anywhere else to make it okay with the American Music Awards. But this was a terrible episode to air right after season uh, after episode eight. And I had to rewatch it later to fully appreciate it. And I did like the episode. I really liked them um, seeing strong female characters, a lot of go feminism and <laughs> Finally getting to see what happened to Ruby and Mulan, and that was... I really liked... I did like the episode, I did. Katie? I kind of agree with Ash. Um, I felt like it seemed really out of place after the eighth episode. Um, and I know how the creators kept saying, there's like this interweaving like storyline that's going to connect. And nope. <laughs> I was like, no. what? Where in the heck is it? <laughs> like, the interweaving okay. stuff was that Arthur and Zelina were there. That was basically it. Yeah. Um, so that was a little disappointing. But as a standalone episode, it was really good. And I know it didn't have like any of our main cast in it um, at all. But Well, Zelina I, is a series regular. Well, so it had except for her. one and then <laughs> someone in a flashback. Yeah. Oh, technicality. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, as I, I'm someone who actually doesn't mind the guest stars at all, I kind of like getting to know their backstories. And I really like Merida. And I thought that this was a great backstory. It was just really done very well. And I liked it. And I got to see Ruby again, which makes me so happy. So, and I thought that they explained where she was gone very well so i enjoyed that episode i just wish that it hadn't seemed like such a letdown after the eighth episode well, for me because it, it wasn't because tempers- it wasn't a letdown it just didn't follow i don't know it didn't it didn't have flow. much interweaving yeah flow that's the word mm-hmm. i'm looking for it didn't have much flow and so it's just kind of like okay what Okay. <laughs> and for me, it tended to temper the bitter with the sweet, and I liked this a lot after being like kind of disappointed. But again, it it makes sense if you're like sad about the fir- uh, what if you're happy about the first episode that the second episode you're like, well, continue that. I need to know more about that. I'm just like I, I need a rest from that. Give me something happy, something that'll cheer me up, and this did. So I was like, okay, that's good. It's like a sour patch kid, sour yeah. than your sweet. <laughs> There you go. Well, I'm being the true Gemini because I understand where everyone's coming from. So for me, in the beginning, I was like, you know, wow, you know, after what happened, I'm curious to see what happens next. And we're obviously not going to get that in this hour. But as the episode continued on, I found myself really enjoying it. And it almost felt like it was very throwback-ish to season one. I know that we had this big... uh, conversation a couple episodes ago about the guest stars and the recurring cast members having their own episodes and how you know we're not seeing enough of our regulars and whatnot but this episode felt very much like season one where we're kind of getting more information more backstory on some of our recurring characters having some of our favorites sprinkled in throughout it and uh, really creating like this cohesive story so for me it was very much like a season one episode and I like that about it 
and uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a strong episode. Did it unfortunately have to come after episode 508? Kind of yes, because there really isn't another place to put it. I mean, after this episode, there are very few episodes left in this first half of the season. I mean, there's two left, so there's nowhere else that they could have put it. And especially with continuity, it wouldn't have made sense for Zelina and Arthur to poof to Dunbrock if uh, they're controlling Merlin. You know what I'm saying? So... They kind of just didn't have any other place to put it, so whether it would have been a part of a two-hour extravaganza like it was, or if it would have aired the following week, I think people would have been mad regardless. Kind of like on another show that we cover here on the station, The Walking Dead. There were three episodes that were all in sync with the storyline, and then bam, they do a flashback episode and everyone gets mad. So... (laughs) You know, I mean, they're just my metaphor. There you go. There just isn't a um, a proper way to air this, you know, besides where it ended up airing. And uh, just for a little note for everyone out there that maybe forgot, both of these episodes, the episode Birth and the Bear King, which aired as a two hour extravaganza, were filmed simultaneously. So, and it kind of makes sense, especially since in this episode, I believe this is like the first episode in the series where the majority of the cast with the exception of uh series regulars uh Jennifer Goodwin and Rebecca Mater did not appear. I mean there was no Emma in the episode and I believe Emma's been in every single episode of mm-hmm. the series. So that was interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So there's that. So let's get into the episode and we give a little shout out to the opening title sequence, which we've actually seen in the past. We saw it in the season one episode, The Stable Boy. They use the same, uh, you know, female riding on a horse. And uh, in this installment, I mean, we're supposed to, I guess, assume that that's Merida riding her horse as opposed to Young Snow riding her horse. <laughs> oh, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Why not? So, okay, so this episode is a little difficult to split up. I mean, we do have flashbacks to early Dunbrock, and cur- and then we have current Dunbrock. So I'm going to try to split it up in that way. But we do have to at least pick up a little bit of continuity from the previous episode. So, Flash, we have um, Arthur and Zelina in Camelot, and uh, Arthur wants to come up with a plan of action, and uh, he's like, we need to go to a place called Dunbrock, because there's something there that I need that will help us defeat the Dark One, and Merlin, and everybody else. So, over in Dunbrock, we have Merida, she's placing flowers on her father's grave, she tells him, you know, I saved the boys, and I proved that I'm fit to be queen, and she says, now it's even harder since she has to rule and her father made it look easy but she wishes that he could be there so that she could ask him how he did it we have her mother there and she says that her father is always with her and she says that she misses him too and she tells merida that it's not a day for sadness it's a day for joy because it is her coronation and so they leave the grave of king fergus and we flash back 
to, I believe it starts off by saying a few years ago, but we end up actually learning that it's about two years ago, if we follow the continuity. We have somebody writing to this uh, dilapidated shack type of thing. Uh, we've seen this shack before, just an FYI. And <laughs> um, he enters it, and he demands that the person shows themselves, and he asks for magic. This person is King Fergus, and he meets with the witch, who asks what he wants, and he says that he needs something to ensure the future of his kingdom, and he says that he will pay the price. And so she says that he can pay her later. Let's call it an IOU. How the hell do they know about IOUs in Dunbrock? That's a no, whole other story. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a whole episode focusing on that. And um, she offers him a contract to sign, which I love that how she had it ready for him to sign he stamps it with his ring and she says it is a deal and she blends up a potion using a pluck of his hair and a whole bunch of other con concoctions and contraptions <laughs> and uh, yeah so uh, out of uh, the pot a helm uh, sort of emerges and he's like what do I do with this and she's like you'll know and uh, later on Fergus and Meridor are walking among the clans and Fergus says that uh, he'll take the tongue of the next man that disrespects Merida. And uh, she sees the men writing. She thinks that it's love notes. But uh, Fergus says that they're writing their last will and testaments. And uh, Fergus also gave Merida his prized bow so that she can carry it into her first battle. Merida thanks her father for keeping her safe. And uh, then he's like, well, you know... Uh, we need to give you some lessons, you know, because I want to make sure that you're ready for battle. And she gets all cocky. We have a warrior there, and they start getting into battle. And uh, the warrior knocks her down, and she's like, you know, I can fight better than any man. And um, then uh, the warrior reveals themselves to be the warrior Mulan and she says that she can teach her how to fight better than any man there and that she will also teach her honor so let's pause right here and let's discuss Dunbrock and uh, as well as uh, the reintroduction of Mulan into the story well. I do love the, the the flash to like her taking off her helm again and being like, nope, I am no man here, like, and showing off her sword skills. Like, I'm, Mulan's my favorite princess, so every time she comes on, it just, it makes my heart flutter. I'm happy. And for that matter, like, the, the battle armaments, like, I have to give props to the, to the clothing department. The, in Once Upon a Time because changing Merida's like regular like gear and, as a princess into something like with a tartan cloth and with a leather like gauntlets and stuff like it looks beautiful like aesthetically this was a very beautiful opening I loved shout it shout out to tartan cloths <laughs> <laughs> we have our resident fashionista on the line she knows really? about Joanne Fabrics and Michaels. Yes. <laughs> yes. Katie, what were your thoughts on the reintroduction of Mulan? Were you happy to see her? I was. Um, I really liked... Um, Will she bring honors to us all? I hope so. I believe so. That's a song for uh, Mulan. She'll make a man out of you. <laughs> she will. 
<laughs> like a man attitude. Be a man. Continue on. <laughs> Sorry. That's from That's the song. Great. I don't. I don't know how I can go on from that. I mean, Katie has never seen Mulan. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> okay, so she's seen something. Thank you. Oh, dear lord. <laughs> Anyways, I really did like her reintroduction. Um, she seemed to have a lot more spark in her than, I guess, what we've seen in the past. And a lot more uh, hope, I guess you could say. Um, so that was fun to see. And... Um, I don't know, I really liked it, and, um, yeah. Woo. Good job. <laughs> when can we assume this was? Was this after she joined the Merry Men, or before? What this do we after. think? The the battlefield thing was probably before. She Yeah, it had to be before. Okay. Ash? She was a lot happier. Any I... final thoughts on Mulan, the reintroduction? Oh, that opening line of that you don't need a man to teach you anything, but I could teach you a couple of things. That was just... Mm. Foreshadowing. You go, Mulan. You don't need no men. Got enough power. Pussy power. <laughs> oh my gosh. Girl up. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to say that. <laughs> Katie, do you approve? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you roll, okay? Just roll with it. The power of the P-U-S-S-Y. <laughs> you made the word longer, even better. Yes. So anything else, Ash? <laughs> you guys said it, really. I, and the thing is that, the one thing that I have about Fergus, I, I don't know what it is about Fergus, but he's just, like, cute to me. Like, he... he like his character, I don't know. Like he looks so young, and he. You have a crush like, on Fergus. He's not my type. Trust me. Is but. it because he's a gingy? <laughs> no, I like him dark, but he's a little white. He um he, I don't know what it is, but he just like. I could have said a whole lot, but I <laughs> yeah, didn't. I, I just stopped myself from saying. <laughs> oh, it's probably nothing I haven't heard before. <laughs> I no. really should stop digging myself that hole, but... Yes, I'll save you. <laughs> I love seeing Mulan again. I am so glad that she's back. I think we've discussed it, I think, every single season that we've been doing Storybook Weekly Mirror, right, Katie? That we want Mulan back, and we want to see a continuation of her storyline. So I'm glad that she could make it back. I'm glad that um, thus far she seems okay. And I was really excited to see her in this story. So continuing on, we have some of the men watching them sort of fight. And then, you know, they call Mulan their nursemaid and you know, all this kind of stuff. And um, Mulan tells her that no one will follow her out of fear. You know, she says to ask her father, you know, why do they follow him? And so later on, Merida came looking upon her father. You know, he's looking at the water. It's the day before... Uh, the uh, invaders are to invade. Uh, they don't know that at the time, but it is the day before, and they're waiting for these invaders of the south. You know, these invaders of the south. They're coming from the south. You know, these invaders, invaders, invaders. He, he says that the invaders are sailing in. He's watching out for them. You know, he's, he's being lookout, and she asks if they will win the war, and he basically asks, you know, how do you inspire these men to follow you into battle? And so he looks at his helm, and he says that 
you have to be the first one willing to die. You know, if they know that you're committed to die for the cause, you know, and they realize that how important this is, they will follow you. And he basically is like, I am the Bear King. I can face anything. And um, she says, you know, her, she sees her father with the helm. And, uh, you know, they, they later on, uh, Mulan and Merit are fighting once again. And uh, they hear battle noise. And uh, Merit is like, you've been keeping away from the war, you know. I was supposed to be out there fighting. And so um, she like pushes Mulan aside. And she's like, I'm going to go and defend uh, Dunbrock. And when she arrives, you know, she sees this whole like Braveheart type of thing going on. We have Fergus on one side. We have these invaders on the other. And Fergus is all like, stop being a bunch of cowards and show yourself. You know, we don't even know who the hell you are. How the hell are you going to invade people without us even seeing your face or knowing where you're from? And they don't give three craps. They start charging. Fergus's team of Dunbrockians start charging. The clans are fighting. The invaders are fighting. Bam, bam, bam. Choo, choo, choo. Sword clashes. <laughs> People are dying. And then, bam, we see Fergus fighting off a knight. But there's a knight coming up from behind. And he pulls out his sword and slams it inside of Fergus in, like, very graphic nature. Because, like, blood was splattering everything. Everywhere it was, like, Game of Thrones on... Uh, <laughs> once upon a time and uh, merida like arrives just in time to see her father get sliced and diced and she yells no and then mulan arrives and pulls her away and oh wait before that happens uh, merida does aim an arrow but it's she's too late the knight kills fergus and um, it uh, rips a piece of his cape off and then mulan drags her away and then we see this knight pick up Fergus's helm, and uh, the knight sort of opens his little latch on his helmet, and it is dun dun dun, Granny. No, it was uh, Arthur. <laughs> Chas Merlin. Uh, Arthur. <laughs> Take that away. Merlin is amazing. Priscilla doesn't think so, but I think Merlin is awesome. But uh, it is King Arthur. So we have something else to hate Arthur for, apparently. <laughs> so, okay. So that was it for the flashbacks. So let's discuss this. Were we at all surprised that these invaders were Camelodians? Were we at all surprised that it was uh, Arthur? Not I was. super... I don't know. I mean, I personally wasn't super surprised, but I was still pissed off. Um, I mean, I didn't know at first it took me until, um, you know, a few seconds before he took off his helmet. I was like, oh, it's Arthur, isn't it? Just because he was walking around now. like he had a stick up his ass. Just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done with they Arthur. Tried. And they then only it... got his cape. <sighs> Stupid, Stupid Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> I was like anyway. blissfully ignorant. I didn't realize. I, I had a feel I mm, You thought it, it was Granny? It cro mm, mm. <laughs> It crossed my mind that it was that it could have been Camelodians, but like I did not expect Arthur to be the one to kill Fergus. I oh. know. And Merida like, was so close to destroying him. He's so stupid. 
Huh. Little punk ass. Uh, I guess. I, <laughs> I, ex I expected it. And I was just kind of like, the English and the Scots historically have always, like, Ah, look at Priscilla knowing her history. <laughs> I blocked my history classes out of my head. <laughs> and they come so useful for TV shows, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so, I just, like, as soon as I saw, like, some dude in a helm and, like, other people, I'm just like, oh, no, these are people from Camelot, and that is definitely Arthur. Like, mm-mm. And, yup, going up against the gingers and almost like they smote the leader and i was like no fergus why i love fergus he's such a good disney daddy like he's amazing so to have him fergalicious deck <laughs> no bring it back now y'all fergalicious deck 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 that that is it here we go. <laughs> That's all you're getting from me. Okay. Yay. <laughs> no remixes. <laughs> In any case, Fergus de uh, believing in Merida, but still wanting to kind of protect her by keeping her away from the battle was a very, I don't know, it's a very dad thing to do. Like, so I, I love Fergus. I I'm sad that he's gone. And it's just one more thing to hate Arthur for. What the fuck? As if we didn't have enough. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, I agree. I, I was expecting but wasn't expecting Arthur. It was sort of like, oh, it's probably going to end up being Arthur. But I was oh. like, oh, this is going to be another reason to hate him. And of course, it was another reason to hate him. He's a horrible douche face. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting... Uh, sequence overall i thought they did a really great job at like portraying a battle without really using any cgi besides like the blood and stuff and the the sword gutting fergus yeah <laughs> little baby tears coming out of my poor, <laughs> poor fergie so uh two years later in present day dunbrock merida is ready to be crowned by her mother queen Eleanor as queen of the clans of Dunbrock and everything, but oh no, a witch bursts in. She has a contract, and you can't fuck with the witch with the contract, you know what I'm saying? And upon learning this, the witch says that she wants the helm, or she wants like a crap load of gold by tomorrow night, or she's going to curse them all into being bears, and Merida's like, we can't give you all that gold, it's going to bankrupt us like 50 times. And so she's like, well, you better find my helm. And so um, she tells Merida to lead and to figure it out, which is something Fergus could not do. So Eleanor searches the house for the helm and uh, Merida says that he was wearing it when he got killed by a knight and the knight took it. And uh, somewhere else we see Mulan paying a visit and ready to collect money for um, someone. So I guess she's uh, kind of like... Turning, a, in, turning someone else into another Captain Hook by taking an arm. Exactly. She's sort of being... Um, she's like the collection agency for someone, apparently. The man shoves her. Mulan makes it clear, you know, by knocking out his accomplices that she's, you know, ready to, like, slice his hand if he doesn't pay up. And Merida puts an arrow in the guy's hand, which... Um, 
I guess that was a nicer thing to do. And and she basically tells Mulan, I need your help. And Mulan says, I will only help you if, uh, you know, if you give me money. Because I don't believe in honor. Honor doesn't fill my purse. And uh, Merida asks, what happened to you? And so Merida tosses uh, Mulan a little satchel of gold and Mulan agrees to help her on one condition no more questions about my past and so later Merida tells Mulan that she won't give up for justice on her father and Mulan says something is coming and um, Merida sends an arrow as Arthur and Zelina appear earlier in that day Zelina and Arthur are in the woods and they come upon uh, the witch's home and they're met by a giant wolf only to have Zelina use some powder to make the the wolf uh, go to sleep the witch appears and says that she won't be that easy to subdue yeah right let's see what happens uh, Arthur asks for the magic helm and the witch says that she already sent someone to look for it Zelina holds her head near the cauldron and threatens her and says no witch can outwitch me and the witch says that Merida is looking for it and Arthur is shocked that Merida escaped and Zelina promises to make her pay <laughs> so bam now they're there in front of uh, Merida and Mulan and they're demanding for the helm and Merida's like what does everybody want it and Arthur says it has the power to make other men fight for you in battle and he says he needs it and Merida says but her father wouldn't have used magic for his battles and Mulan says that they need the helm to protect their people but they don't have it and Selena takes Merida's bow and uses that at, with the locator spell to find it and uh, Merida can't console herself with the memories of, of, of her father you know and Selena's like oh he was a terrible ruler and uh, so they disappear poof with the bow mm. Mulan tells her that they can still track the helm and Merida says if her dad can't lead without magic then neither can she so she kind of gives up and heads back home later on mulan takes the cloak scrap that they have and goes to see the witch so that the witch can tell her who the cloak belonged to but it, when she enters the witch's house she looks around and the wolf appears snarls and jumps and mulan backs away follows her outside and then mulan smiles and says you are not a wolf. not a wolf and so then the wolf jumps on her, and uh, Mulan knocks over a cauldron. I don't know how she knew this was going to work, but the, when <laughs> the cauldron makes some smoke and it transforms this uh, wolf into dun, 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 Granny. No, it's Ruby, <laughs> aka Red, and we it's find it is always Granny. Granny for the win. And it trans the wolf transforms back into Ruby, and she's straddling Mulan. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Foreshadowing. I know, right? I was like, oh, she's right on top of her. But anyway, as they walk away from the witch's uh, shack, she's like, are you Mulan? And she's like, yeah, Who's? how do you know about me? And she's like, Mary Margaret and Emma told me about them, about, told me about you. But she also, I also know like Philip and Aurora and they're all happy, you know, because they're about to have a baby, at least last time I saw them. And Mulan gets all are sad. I know. Mulan gets quiet. She's like, it's, it's. oh, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I, I have, like, uh, PTSD from traveling between realms or something like that, is what she says. And um, she asks how Red end up, ended up here, and so we see a flashback. Remember the night that they did the coronation for Prince Neil? Oh, look, it's baby Neil! I know. Only in flashback. 
And so we're at Granny's, and it's after they defeated Zelina back, you know, in the season finale of the season three. And uh, we have Ruby sort of guarding the bathrooms. And Mary Margaret's like, you know, we returned from the Chant Forest. You know, we defeated Zelina. We were a part of this time travel quest. You know, what's going on, Ruby? And basically, Ruby's like, ever since we returned from the Chant Forest, you know, I, I haven't felt like i fit in you know i need to look for my people i need to i need to and so she's been helping tiny remember tiny with um the uh little bean well, farm that they were trying to create and there was one magic bean that ended up coming up and she's like i need to go you know i want to go back to the enchanted forest and i want to look for my people and uh, she's like i hope you don't hate me and uh mary margaret's like why would i ever hate you i want just want you to be happy and so that's how she ends up in the enchanted forest she returned she looked for some of her uh, were folk and she couldn't find anybody and so she ended up finding the witch to see if she could help her out and then that's when the witch decided to put a spell on her to keep her in wolf form and to serve as her guard dog so yeah so let's pause right here and let's talk about what we've seen thus far and the return of ruby did it all make sense because I'll be honest, it didn't for me. Because Ruby seemed happy in Storybrooke. And uh, we all saw that flashback where she was with her kind. And it didn't turn out well for her. Remember, her mom was like a total horrible woman. And uh, I don't know. It just... Obviously, they needed some sort of plot device. So that it made sense for Ruby to have been vanished for all this time. Well, but I don't know if I liked the answer of oh i went to look for more of my people well yeah, i don't like it either into, look back into first season where she was uh coming into terms with being a wolf and helping sniff out um i think at the time it was comatose david and she was just talking to frankenstein about how like she feels kind of disenfranchised from everybody else and i don't know if you've ever read the comic shadow of the queen which is the once upon a time first comic Ooh, and you know that look she, at Priscilla doing some extra homework. <laughs> and you know that she really does, like, love her pack. And she is interested in, like, knowing more about, like, werewolves. So it made sense to me that she might have been putting on a happy face, but she, she missed uh, the Enchanted Forest, and she wanted to find more people that were like her. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I guess within the show's continuity, after that flashback that didn't really go that well with her and the pack, for me, it just seemed kind of weird that she would want to go back out there and search for more of her kind, especially when she always seemed happy with Granny. But I don't know. I, I guess if there's more information out there that maybe explained it, sort of like what you were saying, Priscilla, then that kind of a little bit makes sense. But what they showed for me, it was like, okay, well, I guess that's the excuse that they're going to be using for why uh, Megan Ori couldn't be on the show. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts? Well, I mentioned that, like, I thought it kind of, it, it made sense continuity wise because of the comic and because of, flashing back from season one I feel like if they had done a flashback from season one and showed like 
I don't know, her like disapproval or how sad she was, and then flash forward to this, all it takes is just like one baby scene, and, yeah. and it, it would have been enough to kind of give the viewers uh, like a reasoning why, if you don't it, like, because season one is a long time ago. Not much for me. Because that might have player. even been season two. <laughs> uh, her being the werewolf and with the pack is season one. Season two is when she's like, no, season. No, no. season one was uh, her eating her boyfriend and that journey. Season two was with the pack. Yeah. Because in season two, she was supposed to have this big storyline that Katie's still pissed about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always Aww. will be. Well, Megan Ori like had her show canceled, so I'm happy she's back. Yeah, she's I'm hurtful. glad she's back. I I missed her. I just have like one tiny little quip, and I can see from both sides, but of her using the magic bean, I can see it as being selfish that she didn't tell anybody, and being safe that she didn't. Of how maybe she didn't tell anyone that she was going to use the magic bean in case anyone else wanted to go back to the Enchanted Forest with her, as being so that no one could get the idea to steal it from her and use it for their own purpose. But, like, I can see it as being... I take it as selfish that she didn't tell anybody. So maybe there was someone that wanted to use the portal. It's not often that you can come by a portal that can go between realms. Can you imagine, though? Like At the time, nobody knew, but... Uh... Robin Hood's wife was Zelina. Can you imagine her just taking it and going back over the rainbow and fucking oh over like, everyone's plans? So I love how you said going back <laughs> over the rainbow. <laughs> that was know. fantastic. So the the bean could like would have been used for nefarious means. If you can I'm still surprised if they had one bean, like seriously you haven't been able to grow anymore. They are delicate vegetation oh bees. gosh like, no you 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 don't know <laughs> beans are hard <laughs> beans beans the musical fruit the more you eat the more you toot <laughs> <sighs> yep I'm just katie knows about that more beans as opposed oh. to just like i took the one bean that we got to grow by and i'm going home because i grew it myself bye bitches i'm taking my beans <laughs> basically home. exactly okay so we have uh, merida and she's back in her castle and she's talking to her mom and she's like uh, you know, I I'm just going to have to forfeit the crown. You know, I can't do anything. I'm going to have to tell everybody so that everybody can like, help me find it because I can't find it. And I don't know. I have no idea what to do. And I don't know where to go and all this, that, or the other, and blah, blah, blah. And so we have Mulan appear again. She's like, I brought help. Meet Red. She's part werewolf. And she's going to sniff out the uh, knight that uh, killed your father. What I thought was kind of weird is that did they expect him to be in Dunbrock? Uh, who? Because, um... like, she's like, I'm going to sniff him out. But, like, they're still in Dunbrock. Like, did you think he would, like, be in Dunbrock? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, imagine if he was, like, in Arendelle or something, hiding <laughs> out. They just said he, uh, he was a part of the Southern clan. So he could have been, like, within the nearby, like, place and they could have sniffed him out. Like, 
I guess. It was very convenient, let's just say. (laughs) So, okay, so they run into... We have Arthur and Zelina. They're near the lake, and she uses a spell to bring the helm up from the ocean, and uh, they're stopped by Mulan, Merida, Ruby, and, of course, Merida's arrow. So we have uh, Zelina poof away to, like, take care of Mulan and Ruby. We have Merida fighting Arthur. We have uh, Mulan about to fight Zelina, and uh, then we have Ruby use a a knockout sleeping potion to uh, knock Zelina out. She's like, that's payback, witch. I did like Mulan's callback, though, that she's had experiences with people that were creatures or what you know transformed into creatures although uh, ruby says you know i wasn't transformed it's just you know part of my bloodline but um okay so we have you know arthur the helm has been um tossed down and uh merida is without her weapon arthur's ready to kill her and he's like you know Try to grab the helm and I'll kill you. And all of a sudden the clans have arrived with arrows set on Arthur. And she's like, and this time it won't miss, bitch. And so Arthur and Zelina, even though Zelina's still a little woozy, uh, poof away from Dunbrock and head to Camelot. Basically Arthur saying, we're going to need to find another way to, <laughs> you know, fight the Dark One and Merlin and everybody else. So back in Dunbrock. You know, Merida shows up the helm, and, uh, you know, she thanks her friends for their help, and just as she's about to do the coronation, bam, the witch shows up, and she's like, I want the helm. Merida's like, you know what, I do have the helm, but I'm not going to give it to you, I'm going to destroy it, because nobody should have the power to uh, hold, you know, hold on to the helm, you know, my father didn't use the helm, he tossed it into the lake, and so, you know, no one deserves this much power to control people because other people are going to want to take it and use that power to control people for their own interests. And so the witch says, I have a surprise for you. The helm was just a test to prove that you are ready to be the ruler of Dunbrock. And she's like, what the what? And she's like, yes, you know, your father asked for basically the future to be safe uh, and, uh, you know, the future of the to ensure the future of his kingdom and you just proved it and um she's also like i also brought a gift for you dun, dun, dun. and uh, so they they coronate um merida the gift turns out to be this uh magical ale dun, dun, that dun. i know that will allow a person who drinks a cup of it to commune with uh, individuals that are in the underworld. So Merida thanks Mulan and Ruby for helping her and uh, you alcoholic know, Ouija board. Yes, and Mulan <laughs> Mulan says, you know, I will always, you know, use honor now. You know, I'm not going to go back to my shady ways. And uh, Merida asks her, you know, what what happened? You know why did this happen to you? And she's like, well, my heart was broken and I didn't know what to do. And so then Ruby's like, well, you know what? Why don't you join me and we can help each other out and uh, we can decide our own fate. And uh, Mulan's like, looking for werewolves? And she's like, well, who knows? Maybe you might 
find something interesting along the way. Yeah. <laughs> and or Merida. One interesting. Exactly. Eyebrow wiggle. <laughs> and so they depart, and Merida uses the drink. You know, she spills it on her father's grave, and his spirit appears. And they have a nice talk about her being queen, and that he's very proud of her. And she's like, I wish you were still here. And she's like, I am. I will always be with you. And uh, so his spirit magically disappears, which was really great CGI, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And then she turns around with a serious look on her face, and she's like, Arthur! You will pay for all that you've done. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So I want everyone to say what they want to say and let oh the my words God, fall don't out. And I want all of you to be brave and to give me your opinion on this episode. Katie, kick us off. Let say what you want to say. Yeah. So like I said, I really liked this episode. Um, I liked getting more of Merida's backstory and we finally got to see... You the, like seeing her be brave? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you wanted to see her be brave? <sighs> yeah, and we did. <laughs> and uh, it was nice to see um, kind of the backstory of how her father died and then at the end to see her be able to speak to her father again. And um, Foreshadowing. I really yeah, exactly. I really like the re I really love the relationship though. Um, and so that was really nice to see throughout this episode. And um, of course, it was nice to have Mulan back and um, kind of get uh, some backstory as to where she's been and where she'll be in the future. And um, also to see Ruby back as well. I uh, she's one of my favorites, and um, it was just nice to kind of get an explanation as to where she was. Um, and, uh, see some flashbacks from, uh, season three there, um, which was fun. Um, but I really liked, uh, Merida and, uh, Mulan and Ruby together. They were, you know, fantastic, like Charlie's Angels, uh, to type of do, like do, do, thing do, together. Do, 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 <laughs> With Fergus being Charlie. <laughs> exactly uh but yeah it was great and then i had to give a shout out to to the casting department they did they i thought they did a good job with the parents but i think they really nailed it with the witch um she looked exactly like the character and brave and she did a fantastic job so um good episode altogether. uh we uh, you know didn't have uh, too many startling revelations other than the fact that Arthur is still, you know, an idiot and uh, he needs to die. So, Merida, go for it. I'm all for that. <laughs> well, there you go. Ash, what did you think? I want to see you be brave in answering this. You bring me pain, Papi Chulo. Yes, none of you know this, but Ash actually sent me a video of her <laughs> listening to the Sarah Bareilles song. On the radio, and I just sent him a video with me, just like shaking my head the whole time. She was not very happy. <laughs> Priscilla doesn't know this, but it has been a running theme ever since Merida has been introduced to mention that song. Nah, uh, I knew this already. You would. You oh yes, I did mention before, it to you. Yes, so. in private. Yes. <laughs> That's great, Ash. That's great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I I mm, 
I, I did like the episode. I have to agree with the casting choices. I thought they were good. They were very on point. Sorry. They were on fleek? <sighs> yes. Oh, Lord. So the young people can understand what we're saying, Katie. <laughs> can't understand anything else. Okay, Hillary Clinton. Oh um, my. Um, I I enjoyed knowing that. I thought it was um interesting to see that Fergus, when he was an apparition, basically was corporeal at least. Like she actually like hugged him, and it didn't look like she went through him. It looked like he was solid. And that was interesting, in case you yes. get to see the magical ale later, since we know that she didn't use all of it. But <laughs> overall, I also love to see the beginning of the relationship between, or the friendship that's going to form between um, Red and Milan, and to know that they will be working together in later episodes. And this, I think it was a very nice, sweet episode. Wrapped up very nicely. Yeah. Priscilla, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Say what you want to say. I'll let the words come out. Um, okay. So, just the first thing that I thought of when I saw that, that contract and, like, the witch come out, I'm just kind of like, D is no one going to read it? Is no one actually going to find out what, like... Oh, yes. The, the it's all in legalese, so, I you know, they don't understand that. <laughs> See, nobody reads the terms and conditions of these curses, like, because otherwise, like, they'd, they'd round about this whole thing and be like, oh, that's what it says in the thing. But, other than that, like, that, that's something else. But when she has like the, the bow that her father gave her and Zelina takes it and says, console yourself with the memories of what a terrible ruler he turned out to be. I'm like... Rebecca oh Mater. Oh my god. Zing. Zelina, you always have the best like ways to crush people's hearts. Although I will say if you knew like what your mom was and how a terrible ruler she was, mm -hmm. maybe you'd be saying the same thing. Um... Touche. I also like thought like I, I was heartbroken that Fergus used the helm and when it turned out that he didn't, I was like, Yay! Good. And that whole battle between Merida and Arthur was really well like choreographed, even though like there were parts of it where they were just kind of circling each other and wondering when the other one was just gonna come in and attack. And it follows Arthur's storyline that he's such a coward that he doesn't think he can inspire his own people, so he needs the helm to inspire them to fight. It's character-wise, this all made sense, and it. I'm hoping that once uh, we go back to the present uh, world of Storybrooke, and now that we know that Merida isn't attached to the hood of some car again, that she'll <laughs> figure out that Arthur is in town and go and shove an arrow up his butt or something like because he deserves it. <laughs> this well, damn. <laughs> uh, the 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 ale scene was adorable. Although a part of it, a part of me was just kind of like dropping one down for my homies. Is that what you're doing? Well, she's technically I... dropped two down. Exactly, and. That, that that was that moment like made my heart glow. I was like, oh my god, it's so 
gave me some of the honey glows. I was very happy. Oh my, the honey glows. I'm sorry, I watched Wreck-It Ralph and, <laughs> and that just came up. In any case, um, I am I was really happy. And if you notice, like Mulan goes from being like all like feral and crazy and no, I hate everything and I'm just gonna be a contract for hire person to more and more who she used to be, like in actions. Like, and in how it looks like in her face, and I thought that was really well acted, too. Honestly, I have a whole bunch of praise for that episode, and that was a big mouthful, and I'm sorry, but, like, there you go. It's a good You were fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of things that are fantastic, I enjoyed the episode as well. I thought it was a lot of fun, and on its own by itself it was a strong adventure tale it was great seeing a little bit more of merida and as well as our homegirls uh mulan and ruby back in action and uh overall i'm really excited to see what they're gonna do with these two obviously we kind of have our own suspicions on what's gonna happen spoiler spoilers hint hint and all that kind of stuff that too and I'm excited to see that. And I think they're going to make for an adorable, get ready for it, Red Warrior pairing. No, 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 no. Moulin Rouge, dude. Moulin oh, Moulin Rouge. That's cute, too. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Priscilla, you're making me excited with your knack for uh, shipping people. Oh, no, that was someone else on Tumblr, but I totally like... Consider that stolen. I love it. You can it. steal it. We have our own uh, ships that I've made up as well. Poppy has his own ships. The original one is called Hashtag Empetto. Emma and Geppetto oh, as God. OTP. Uh, there is someone out there who ships that. There. We also have Granny Hood. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> We also have um, we have Grand Pedo. That I can get behind. <laughs> we also have Granny Hook. No, uh, no. We have Grumple Stiltskin. <laughs> the best one. The best one. <laughs> They're always angry. They're perfect for one another. They're mutual. Hatred brought them together. <laughs> and we also have Beautiful Sorcerer. Beautiful Sorcerer. Yes, that is supported. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I forgot one. We have Little Belle. Aww. Little John and Belle together. No, no, no. No. I like the, li person. the listeners are all confused right now. Yeah, just but if you've listened to us throughout yeah. the years, these are ships that uh, we've made up. And by we've, I mean me. <laughs> yeah, the rest of us just roll with it. Katie loves Empedo. That's her favorite one. She's actually posted about it on her Tumblr site. Only because you like forced me to. So yes, at Arrow Point. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you had to say that because it's a brave episode, didn't you? <laughs> exactly. So, so I've heard on your show that Emma and Geppetto are getting together for the season finale. Is this true? They are. It's one. It's they're it's, they're one two loves. Exactly. It's super when true. You wish upon a star. 
They locked eyes at each other, and the pilot, when she was in the jail cell, he was fixing a desk, and that's when they fell passionately in love. <laughs> oh, God, I have something really dirty to say, but I'm not going to say Do not! <laughs> okay. He, sh he showed her his wood? Yeah, because he knows how to handle his wood. Oh, And on that note, Katie, save us with some spoilers. Yes, it's time to get a little spoilery. Let's time to um, some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. As always, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybrookweeklymirror. And you can also visit my site at storybrookmirror.com. Um, you'll be updated on all of the latest spoilers, typically almost as soon as they come out. So make sure you check that out if you're interested. Mm -hmm. um, so we have some more um, filming, or uh not filming. We do have filming, but we also have some more casting news. Mm -hmm. um, the show has um, been, uh, as we heard earlier, the show was looking to cast a young Hercules and a young Megara. Uh, Megara. 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 Katie has never seen Hercules, the animated never movie. Seen Hercules the animated and her homework is Ash and. Ash. Ash and Katie, your homework is to see Hercules, the animated and Disney Mulan. movie. Although we've given, <laughs> I feel so bad for Kate. We've given Katie homework before, and she never watches anything. Well, I don't have time. <laughs> I will be watching this so though bad because Kate. it's on my to watch list. Okay, you babysit. Put it on for the kids. Exactly. I should I do that. I feel so bad for Katie because, like, the past two episodes that we've gone over, like. Poppy's just like grilled you for not watching stuff, and I'm just sitting here like I have no idea what that is either. Oh my gosh, yes. the sword and the stone. Yes. She's never watched. I've never well, seen Braveheart. That was one that we mentioned this episode. Oh, I've never seen Braveheart either, but I just know that <gasps> that's something from Braveheart. What? Sorry, Priscilla. I but will say that um, they've never seen the Princess and the Frog either. No. Okay. Never seen the sword and the stone. Hercules. Technically, though, this one isn't based on the Sword and the Stone. They're doing Once in Future King with this, which is a long book, so you don't have to. It's okay. Just watch it and think that that the king is an asshole, because he is. Hidgetus fidgetus. <laughs> uh, if they don't have Madame Mim, I don't care. I love Madame Mim. I've told them all about Madame Mim, and they're like, who the hell's that bitch? <laughs> Continue on, Katie. Save us. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, anyways, um, they said in the past that they were going to cast a young Hercules and a young Meg... How do you pronounce it? Megara. Megara. You can just call her Meg. I'm just gonna go... Megara sounds so much more, like, profound. I'm just gonna call her Meg, okay? Okay, so they're that's what they call a her young Herc and a young Meg. <laughs> Um, and they have actually cast those roles. Jonathan Whitesell will be playing the young Hercules in the 13th episode, and Casey Roll will be playing young Megara. That is correct. Oh, okay, so that's not the 100th episode. And no, no it is not in the no. 100th episode. Zero to hero, baby. Basically. Um, so I also have to mention that they did update, um... They did update Hercules' uh, casting... What is that called? Casting, casting slides or something? 
Yeah, basically that. So they updated his casting uh, summary thing, and they added that he is a single. No, he's a dashing, strapping young man who is single-minded in his pursuit of his destiny to be the greatest hero who ever lived. All that changes. All of that changes, however, when he falls in love with a beautiful princess. And to kind of Meg is a princess. To go off of this. In that same episode, Snow, the young Snow White, Bailey Madison, will be returning as the young Snow White mm. in this episode. That's interesting. She doesn't look that young anymore. I know. Well, she'll probably be like a teenager. Maybe young that's teen. why they got her again, because she doesn't Oh, look okay, that yeah, because they haven't showed us Snow. Well, at some point, because wasn't... How old was um, Jennifer playing Snow, like, when she was young? She was probably... uh, 18? 18, somewhere around there, I would think. Okay, so this is maybe, like, tween, teen Yeah, so young, young, young teen. Um, Yeah, so... I'm excited about that. I've missed her. She did a fantastic Yeah, she did a job. fantastic job each yeah. time as Snow. They're breaking yeah. my heart more and more this season, though, because, like, my pets are, are, have always been, like, uh, the Arthurian tales and now Greeks, and now they're going to break up my favorite print, my, my favorite coupling? No! Why? But Why? maybe One they're going to make Meg a princess? Meg is... Meg was never a princess. I know she was never a princess. Meg was evil. Yeah. So. Yeah, Meg was working with Hades. Not to spoil you guys for a oh. movie that you guys should have seen oh, it's like yeah. twenty it's years like 30 ago. Years. Thirty years. Good grief. <gasps> Turns into <laughs> dust. Oh my god, I feel old now. <laughs> These young people. But um, yeah, that's interesting. If they do that with Meg. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But they're only on one episode, right, Katie? Yes, they're only on one episode. And they have already filmed with the uh, older Snow- Jennifer Goodwin Snow White um, for the 13th episode. Basically, what was going on in the scene is it appeared that Meg was kind of like, she was like, sitting by the broken um, clock tower and she appeared to be very frightened and uh, Snow comes in and she's like shooting arrows at something and then Hercules also has a sword Um, and then he's also carrying like these two very large objects that obviously only he can hold because he's mighty. He's Hercules. He is mighty. Yes. I find it interesting and this is no offense to the actor but I find it interesting that they went with like young skinny Herc versus like what ends up being Hercules. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Though. It'll be interesting to see the reasonings and all of that. So, um, yeah. I did hear for this scene from someone else that apparently they're fighting off like a CGI Hades or something. So, hmm. I guess we'll see if that's, you know, for real or not. Okay. Oh my gosh, they have to have him with the blue flames. Yeah. They have to, let's be honest, they just have to. You have no idea what we're talking about, Katie. I, no, I know what he looks like. Okay, I have good. Seen, 
Yes, okay. <laughs> She's like, I have seen the photographic evidence. <laughs> I have, okay? I have seen Jeff's. <laughs> I use the Google. I do. <laughs> so anyways, that was one of the filming scenes for that episode. Also, Emma, Charming, Snow, and Regina filmed a scene together. Emma was back in her uh, red leather jacket again. So that was that's all that's been filmed so far. I think we've got some more uh, some more filming dates coming up. So that'll be exciting to see what kind of happens there. Um, regarding the 100th episode, um, Adam and Eddie have said that, yes, we will be seeing villains. Villains obviously show up for the 100th episode. Um, but we will also be seeing non-villains show up, which been trying to think of who that really is. Bailfart. No. Probably. I mean, they have, <gasps> yes. <gasps> no bagel <Bailfart>. fire. Please no. <gasps> no, he's hashtag Bailfart. Uh, what if I bagel was? Bagel fire, Bailfart. my meal. <laughs> so, I guess, I mean, they really haven't announced anybody who's not a, who's not a villain or not a shady character. Maybe it's like people like, no, he's not coming back. Maybe it's like people like our background people, like a Geppetto, like a Jimmy Cricket. Yeah, like an August. We haven't seen Jimmy Cricket in a really long time. I know, he's like, they crushed him or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so... That's it. You know, they could have easily have included him in uh, the Camelot stuff. They could have turned him into a cricket, and then the actor doesn't even need to be there. He just needs to record his uh, dialogue. He might be doing something else. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. So continue on, Katie. Yes, we will also be seeing Mulan and Ruby in the second half of the season. They weren't back just for this episode. We will be seeing more of them, obviously. Adam and Eddie have um, confirmed that. So they said that, you know, we're not going to be seeing them constantly, but we will see them every now and again and see some of their storyline. Um, and then, let's see, the last thing to go over is that we do have an official return date for the, sh- the show, which will be the 100th episode after. This will be after the show takes its hiatus um, for winter. It will be returning on March 6th. 2016 with the 100th episode which is titled Souls of the Departed so yes we've got a lot a lot coming up so that'll be fun Um, and then regarding ratings once again this episode was bumped up from last week's 1.5 in the demographics to a 1.6 the First, the eighth episode got 5.04 millions of viewers, and the ninth episode got 4.57 millions of viewers, which people were expecting. But the important thing, millions of viewers don't really count, to be honest. Um, the important thing is that it stayed at a 1.6 in the demographics for both hours, and it took um, top spot for um, K broadcast show scripted Script series on series. broadcast. Yes, yeah, that's correct. So we are doing good there, staying steady, and we even bumped up initial from for initial ratings from last week. So good, yay! Sounds great. So on that note, 
join us in two weeks for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. You can visit poppychularadio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Mirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Radio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at bobbychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, can you say what you want to say oh my God. and wish the listeners a good night? Good night, guys. Good night! Keep on Be brave. being brave. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. See you in two weeks and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm.